folks, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Happy Saturday to everybody out there in extraterrestrial land. And uh, what an honor it is to bring in uh, the double-edged sword, the the two-headed monster of color green. Had a chance. Two-headed dog. Two-headed dog. I had a chance to speak to (laughs) Cole uh, last week. We had a ball, and I got a chance today to speak to um, uh, the the other cat, uh, the other dog, Corey Madden. Welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you, man. Hey, you know, I, I kind of wanted you to talk a little bit about um, your exposure, or not even the exposure, just the influence that uh, Indian raga music has had on you. Indian raga? Wow. Uh, you know, it's just like a universal sound you know no and i've you might know a little more you probably know more than i do but there's something about like the like leaving attempting to leave like western style we're so used to hearing yes you know it's like really wrapping your head i don't even think i fully have i mean like i can say i definitely have and i try my hardest but like wrapping your head around a whole different concept of music is insane and one that is so like steeped in like tradition that goes way before any regular like american music or anything is so wild to me and it's it's so fucking cool that it's like beyond my what my brain can handle or what i can what i think i can handle but i mean yeah it's like the scales and anything when you hear it it's like all you gotta do is like close your fucking eyes and it's so easy to be like lost in like the skill that it takes to like really to lock into that. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel like there's nights on stage playing where I'm closing my eyes and like trying to get to that platform in my head of like just being lost in like the feeling. Because the, all of me is just like feeling. I don't yeah, know. No, so... I mean, I'm not, I, there's nobody you know nobody's out here trying to become a uh you know master of the the tradition of yeah that i mean so much of it is folk based anyway and you know but i i'm curious about like the drone the drone the tambora or if you guys how you've incorporated any kind of eastern rhythms into your into color greens music well definitely the drone i mean there's like I do a lot of that in my house alone and no and I just do a jam and sometimes too. It's just like the never ending drone to like bounce off of <laughs> like sets that's like the template kind of and then sure. like it's kind of just like go and like go as far as you can possibly go, you know, kind of vibe. At least to me. I'm sure no feels the same. And most people probably do. It's like the drone note is like epic. And uh, there's like some I'm trying to think of some rhythm stuff. Maybe we've tried to dabble in. Trying to think on a new record if there's anything on there, but I mean that's kind of always in there. Like trying, trying to like do it in a tasteful way where it feels right. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely like we don't we we want it to be our thing sometimes when we're doing that jamming. But uh, yeah, it definitely just kind of I don't know the drone note is its own thing. It's like the most spiritual vibe thing to me i don't know i mean you go back to like you go back to a lot of cats that were i mean definitely playing um post 
post-bop jazz. I'm uh, thinking about my dear late uncle, Pat Martino. He did this album called the Baena uh, in 69. And uh, yeah, that sounds really familiar. That's your uncle. Well, he's like, a, he's like a dear friend. Of mine. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, like, oh, you know, gotcha. he's, he's like my first guest on my show, like 12 years ago. Oh, but, cool. Yeah, no, but I mean, he had Charlie Persip on drums, who was the, an incredible jazz drummer. And he had piano and flute, uh, upright bass. And then he had a tambora. And, mm. you know, so they were mixing in uh, and they had a sitar on there as well. But, you know, mm. they were they were in, in they were mixing in uh, influences, uh, Eastern Indian influences into rock uh, or even jazz rock, jazz fusion kind of music. And, totally. um, you know, to me, I just, to, there's something about, uh, that kind of music, uh, going back to Indian rhythms, whether it's tablas, sitar, yeah. you know, when they do stuff, um, <clears throat> early morning ragas or evening ragas. And there's like such a meditative quality to it. How totally. do you guys not even related to the Indian stuff, but, you know, how have you learned over time to sort of pace yourself to be able to get into a meditative state on the bandstand? Sometimes I just feel like, you know, and through no fault of anybody's, it's just some <clears throat> some people um, are it's a, it's harder for them to just get into that flow state. And uh, it's, it's you know, it's, it can be a challenge for anybody. But I just wanted you to talk about over time how you've learned to just roll and flow into the groove and get into that space where, like we talked about, like you're, you're, you're jamming there and it's just, the drone is just pulsating in your ears, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think it's, it's, you know, a lot of jamming it. I do it a lot of my, 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 my room, you know, I just like play guitar all as much as I possibly can. And then once you can find the, people you're with and you you just keep you know like any band you play as much as you can and <clears throat> you find out every, everybody is like fang on stage that's kind of what i'm like always watching like with anyone i'm on stage with i'm like okay that's like their bag that's like when they're like locked in they're locked in i'm kind of like always clocking everyone's vibe so to speak so with, with our band it's kind of like there's moments on stage when it'll be like we're pretty straight and I'm like, all right, that's chill. And then there's moments when it's like, okay, this is like, no, I'll look over and no, will just be like gone. And I'm like, all right, sick. He's like in it. And like, I'll, I'll just kind of lean back and like, let him go. And like anybody else in the band, I'm like, okay, they're like, yeah, they're getting to the moment. And it's like, okay, now we're at the fucking moment. And then like, I'll, I'll have my moment and I'll like kind of come to and no, will just be looking at me like kind of smiling. And then I'll be like, Am I done? Like, should I should I bail now? And I was like, dude, just keep fucking going. Like, All right, and I'll just like, and I'll just clock out again, too. But it's kind of just like reading the vibe, and it's like every night's different, you know. But like, if you know you had a few drinks before or whatnot, or the energy is is there, it, it right. can just kind of, especially with our band. I feel like you know, there's there's always like a certain amount of time we're allotted, but there's there's nights where we can fucking go for I don't even know. I'm like I'm like, how long was that? Like I have no idea. Like it could be. It could be endless. So it's really just like vibing off of the energy, like the the energy of the stage. And honestly, just like amp volumes, like when you can lock in and I can feel it in my body where it's like, I don't even need to like 
you know, sometimes I look out and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot we're like fucking there's people here kind of That's thing. That's awesome. Like, so I, that I, is the best thing. I mean, that to me is the coolest thing that you could be like, wow, I, I got told, I'm gone. I was gone. I was in the spirit mind. Totally. No, totally. I mean, do you feel like, do you, do you feel like sometimes you're too aware of people's vibe on stage? I mean, some, I mean, we're all sentient beings, but you know, just the idea that, you know, um, sometimes, you know, in some ways, if you're too aware of what everybody, what else is going on, then it can be a little bit distracting, especially if, if you guys, if the sound isn't so great or maybe someone's having a, a rough night. I mean, is it, is it a, is that something that you um, feel is? A, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I, I'm pretty sensitive to that kind of stuff on stage. And then if, if, if that's saying, if someone's just kind of having an off night, you're like, ah, shit, you already know it before you get on stage. You're kind of just like the mentality in my head is like, we got to like, and you know, before we go on stage, sometimes is that the vibe, you know, we'll all just kind of like talk to each other and be like, you know, like Noah has this thing where he's always like, we're here to service the music. And it's like, yeah, let's, you know, try your hardest to fucking put whatever's going on to the side for like the 30 minutes or the 45 or the hour, whatever we got on stage, let's just, put check that shit at the door before walking on stage and just kind of like try to get to that stage. I mean, it's sometimes it's, it's, it can be hard sometimes, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it, it's the vibe is you, you just got to like plow through it. No matter what, I mean, you're on the stage. It's like, we got to just, we got to plow through it is the mentality. And like, we'll get, we'll get to the place. We'll get there. We'll always get there. You know, it might take some time, but we'll get there, you know, the sound being an issue for sure is like, fuck, dude, I can't hear this. Like, a lot of times we've played a few shows where it's like, sound is fucked. And it's like, well, then let's just turn the ender. Let's just turn the vibe level up to like 1000. That's all we got. Well, let's talk and, about you know, that. This is really important because I really think, you know, I'm a non-musician. So it's easy for me to sit here as a journalist and just sort of, you know, I don't have to deal with bad sound. And quite honestly, I mean, systems today have evolved so much compared to what the cats were playing out of back in the late sixties and early seventies. Um, I just, to me, what, like, I'd love you to talk about a specific example, especially early on or even, even more current where, you know, um, you know, you just had to hang up your hangups. And when you talk about turning the, the volume or turning the energy or the vibe up a hundredfold, you know, because I mean, I, I, I just am, I'm fascinated with going, I, I don't go to a lot of these types of shows, but you go to see more pop related stuff or more formula trip related music and everybody's wearing in-ear monitors. And it's like, you know, they're all mm -hmm. trying to get in that comfort zone and that perfection. And yet I'm totally convinced. And based off my interviews, I know for the fact that like, you know, Butch trucks and JMO were like, you know, mm -hmm. there were like like chairs falling over or like people screaming. All that ambient noise was being was coming right in when they were playing the Fillmore East. And you, sure. could, you know, I mean, you you to me the the, the environmental noise is essential. And so, mm -hmm. how do you sort of even in some ways get off on the fact when the when the when the sound sucks because then you can just. You say, well, what we got to lose? You know, let's just let it let it fly. Uh, definitely like a yes and no type of thing. Some nights, if you're feeling real good about it, you're like, I know this shit front to back, and then you're like, 
I know where I can just kind of completely go loose and do whatever I want. And then there's nights when you're like, ah, fuck. Like, you know, I, I kind of have this thing where if it's like the crowd's kind of weird or, or, you know, not weird, or you're not getting the energy you're kind of hoping for, like, I'll just find someone in the crowd that uh, is just kind of like standing there cross arm, just kind of look at you, not giving a shit. And I'll just fucking. <laughs> I won't, I won't like grill them, but I'll just lock in. I'll, I'll be like singing the whole time or I'll play, I'll just be playing guitar, not even looking. I'll just like kind of, I'll, it, it's not even like a, I'm not trying to like harsh anyone out. I'm just trying to win them over. Absolutely, and then like, man. Yeah. Nine out of 10 times I'll stare someone down for like a song or two and they'll finally be like, oh, this dude's just staring fucking right at me. <laughs> and then by the end of the show, I'll look back at them and they'll be fucking getting into it. So I've, I've like kind of noticed that like, kind of works a lot where i'm just like that. i'll like go through people and be like hey man i'm I'm gonna win you over and it, it, it normally fucking works which is kind of sick but uh yeah i've played many of shows even not in color green but a handful of shows where like yeah you know like so much wild you like look up me like that shit's i could see that shit's going down like some some weird shit's going down everywhere and you're kind of like, well, I'm kind of a soundtrack for that. So I, I can kind of like, it's like a cinematic kind of thing where it's like, I'm going to play into the idea where like, yeah, like I think there's going to be a fight over there. That guy's like fucking smashing his head into the wall over there. This guy looks good. This guy <laughs> yeah, looks like he's right, doing right. something gnarly. Or like, this is sick, dude. A little soundtrack. Kind of like, yeah, I did. Yeah, it gives me like a like an Altman, like Nashville kind of vibes where you're like, <laughs> Every, like the like there's just like a whole another world going like you're so focused on this one thing you're doing because it's like you're on stage but there's like you gotta factor in that there's like someone whispering into their fucking partner probably being like eh, these guys aren't really good. do you want to go home or this guy's like having like the gnarliest acid trip of his life or like someone's too drunk you know there's just like so much things that are always going on you know that like yeah i like to i like to think that like it's fun to me sometimes. Some nights you're like, fuck, and some nights you're like, this is so crazy that I'm actually into it kind of vibe. Well, I think it's important. I love these examples because um, ultimately, no matter what's going on within the group context, if you can actually occupy yourself and get out of your own space and sort of create this sci-fi sort of reality thing or play towards what somebody else is freaking out about um, – yeah. The, the more power. I, 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 I'm curious about. So, like, I, I was watching this video before we, before we came on here. Um, <clears throat> you were playing with, uh, the, with Ty Siegel, um, uh -huh. and, and I was like, I, I want you to break this down because I, I, I kept going through it. It was like an hour and a half show, and I was like, I was waiting for you to stretch out. And obviously, Ty has a lot to say. <laughs> I mean, he vocally. <laughs> I mean, he's just peeling away. He's on fire. This. There's so many influences in his music. I, were you like just sort of there to, I mean, how can you talk about um, sitting in with that band and ultimately like, I was waiting for you to stretch out. I don't know if it ever came or not. What, uh, what video are you talking about exactly? It was at the Ventura Music Hall. It was a live show. Oh, well, that was like. Uh, was that a long yeah, time? Was was that... a... No, that was like. Um... Shit, that was like a month ago. That was like a so, uh, a solo thing I, I'm I'm doing, um, where I just finished a record doing that. Um, that's more like strip. There's moments in that where I kind of go out, but that's you know that's that shit's like the scary like doing being on stage completely by yourself is is pretty new to me and and pretty fucking daunting because you know you can't lean on anybody else for anything and like 
it's all you, you know, it's, it's a little daunting, but, uh, now that like project is more, um, very like singer songwriting kind of project I'm trying to do where it's not really so much of that. No, it's kind of like the other side of stuff. I, oh, I want to be clear. Too. I want to be clear. You, I thought you were, I thought I saw you on stage with them. I mean, no, our, no, no. I, I just opened for them. You opened. For, so that's very, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's fascinating stuff. So you, I, l well, listen, my, my, my dear late friend, Neil Casal, you know, had a whole, uh, had a whole career of singer songwriter playing solo. And a lot of cats do that. And I remember John Shear, the great promoter talking about, uh, when, um, uh, he tried. He convinced Jerry Garcia to to open for uh, solo uh, six twenty uh, six twenty four eighty two. No, that's wrong. For uh, April eighty two, he said, "Hey Jerry, you know it'd be great to you know you got a new album coming out. You can play some acoustic tunes. Normally John Kahn would be there on bass, and uh, he's like, why don't you play acoustic stuff for the for the audience? And and you know and so Jerry went out and after twenty minutes. He got up, walked off the stage, and he looked at John Shear. He goes, get John Conn on a plane right fucking now. And that was <laughs> the only time that Jerry ever, you know, so I mean, yeah. even, you know, like to him, it was like, hey, you know, when I'm up here with my, with my, with my, with my bandmates, I, I'm naked to the world, but we're all vulnerable. So let's just hit it. But man, when it's uh -huh. just you, man, I mean, that yeah. is, so. That's pretty scary. How, how <laughs> That's you, sick. It, well, I mean, when you can you talk? I mean, for me, um, I am very undisciplined as it relates to having any kind of traditional meditative practice. And quite honestly, if I was at a color green show, I would be having out of body experiences, raising the collective consciousness during the show. <laughs> nice. But how do you how do you think you can help yourself? And are you helping yourself in advance of this potential anxiety paralysis of, of being before you go out and perform solo and basically are a naked vessel to the world. What do you do? I mean, uh, what do you think you have to do in order to sort of get into a place where it becomes more and more comfortable? Yeah, that's a great, I mean, I, I don't even know if there is an answer for that. <laughs> to be totally honest with you, I mean, you man. go take a like, walk before the gig. Or, I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Yeah. I'll just go chain ahead. smoke cigs pretty much. I mean, that sounds great. Too. Sounds great. Too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just playing as much. Like, I'll just be, you know, walking around back wherever I am, just with the guitar on. Just while I do a lot of, like, I feel like when I'm anxious, which is probably most people, I'll just be like walking in circles, playing guitar, just like, just like noodling and fucking off, just like being like, you know, making the guitar feel like it's mm. it's part of me, you know, where it's like this is just on me. So then I'm just like I'll chain smoking or playing or whatever, talking to somebody while I'm playing. And then like before I know, it, I'm like, I'm on stage now just doing it. And the idea is to, from my head is to just be like, I'm not like, all right, now I got to grab my guitar and walk on stage and doing the thing. I'm just kind of like, the thing is already on me. I just need to get out there and like, Close my eyes for a second, like turn the amp up a little bit, like warm up, have a sip of something, you know, like look around and be like, take a big breath and be like, all right, let's, there's nothing fucking else we can do now. We're here. So let's just go. You're sonically, and yeah, no, I love that. You're sonically attached to the apparatus well before you go out on stage. Totally, yeah. And so you're glued onto it and then you go. I mean, I had this incident. Uh, I'm going to break it down for you. I was at uh, in Tucson here. <clears throat> we have this 
just amazing. Um, I mean, it's a pretty funky downtown. We don't have an urban center like most major cities in this country. We, you know, it's just, it's slowly building up and it's mm-hmm. a, somehow we have this insanely cool jazz club called the Century Room. And um, it's like a speakeasy and it's super dope. And when you guys come down here, definitely have to check it out. But <clears throat> I was seeing um, a uh, last a Memorial Day weekend, my dear brother, another, sorry, my dear friend, uh, Glenn Moore, who was the bass player in a band called Oregon, uh, an incredible player, uh, old school. And uh, he was playing in a duo with a soprano player, Rob Sheps. And, you know, I mean, you haven't felt the Jake Feinberg experience yet, but I think you'll enjoy it when when, it, when that happens. But I was just, I mean, I've done about five interviews with Glenn and, you know, I've gone down to Aravaca in person and hung, you know, we're very close. I've actually promoted a concert for him. So he knew what it was about. And I was in the front row just getting off. I mean, guttural screams, nothing, you know, just trying to raise the vibe, but completely trying to pull, you know, row in the same direction and this and so glenn was just having a ball i mean they were playing Jimi hendrix tunes and they i mean it was wild he was bowing like crazy on the on the upright and sheps was blowing but he but rob who i who didn't wasn't hip to the jake feinberg show um uh he wasn't a big fan of mine from the get-go but uh glenn came up to me after the first set he's like man i got off because of your energy and I'm like, oh, that's right. so beautiful, man. So I went to the bathroom, came back. And the next thing you know, uh, security's like, so you, we're going to have to ask you to move to the back of the club. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the hell is – I'm like, I paid for my ticket. I'm not fucking mooching here. I got a fucking j- couple of Jack and Gingers. I, I'm watching the fucking show. It's my boy right here. you know. And basic, <laughs> so basically I move a couple rows back. This woman was very sweet. She was like, listen. I know you love the music. Just sit with me. We'll have a code word, you know, but you're, you're bringing a great vibe. Don't worry about it. So we tried to do a little compromise and security's like, actually, um, uh, the musicians won't start the show until you leave the club. And I was like, yeah, dude, I mean, and so, and so here's the bottom line. It was intense, man. And, and so I was like, and I just, (laughs) I didn't want to make a scene. The music is bigger than me. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and the point is Glenn, the next day was like, dude, I'm so sorry that Rob freaked out. Um, and when I talked to him on the phone a couple of days later, he said, you know, man, he's like, he's a great player. Rob's a great player, but with he can't do with, with other things. He just doesn't, he really doesn't know how to handle it. And I was doing another interview with another musician who was in a band called The Flock, which was on Columbia Records in the late 60s, T.S. Webb. And T.S. was just like, you know what? Maybe he just he's too he thinks he's too good for himself. The point is that you you mm. get you get these people in situations where they they have this sort of routine or they're used to commanding the room or whatever it is. And the mm. minute there's some kind of distraction, they become completely irascible. And the point is, I look at it and say, hey, when I go see circles around the sun or when I go see color green or when I go see Bruce Hornsby, I want to push these cats out of their comfort zone, not because I'm trying to be throw them off their game, because I want them to be exactly what you were talking about. All of a sudden, thinking about the dude having the bad acid trip or staring that cat down or getting out of your thinking mind, because once the musicians get in the spirit mind, all bets are off. This cat was yeah. like, no, I won't start. And so, again, that's a jazz club. There was no rhythm section. How do you yeah. – how, how have you dealt with um, – 
with cats that are um, not, and I'm not talking about being belligerent or jumping on stage or throwing bottles. I'm just talking about somebody who's mm-hmm. into the music. But I mean, how have you dealt with that and able to tune people out or more to the point, get off on the vibe that they're bringing? Yeah, that's interesting, man. I mean, I don't want uh, you kicking me out when I see you guys. You know, <laughs> I've never kicked. I've never kicked anybody out of a. Uh, I can't imagine kicking somebody out of a show unless they're like physically doing something where they're like harming someone. Where you're like, all right, this person's like, right, fuck. right. I mean, it was, um, it was insane. I mean, anyway, I. I but it's like bad. jazz, dude. You know, I'm not surprised. Like certain, I feel like jazz right. is so yeah. a thing where it's like. Uh, playing devil's advocate that dude might have just been like hey man like i can't get like i know you're saying trying to push their thing but he's like i i don't even know where to start man i i'm just trying to think of where what no dude i want to tell you something no you're i I don't i love the devil's advocate i just want to tell you they both got off he he was so lost i mean they were burning so it was more a control it was control is what it is that's really the the overarching point is where are you at in terms of just surrendering to that mania to, to not you know yeah. because i mean glenn was just here here he's telling me man i got off and here the other guy saying boy man i don't have control i'm pissed off and you know what yeah. i want that cat out of there <laughs> interesting no i feel like anything i've ever seen i just play uh, you know i just lean into it you know i'm just kind of <laughs> like man i'll be like looking over me like dude that guy over there is fucking having it it's going down with that dude whatever's going down that this person over there is going through it in some type of way. And then, and you know, especially with green, you know, we've had that a few times where we kind of just like look at each other on stage and just kind of like laugh. And we're just like, you know, like, hell yeah. You know, we're like, cool. Like the fucking, if this, if we're doing something that's making someone, you know, physically go somewhere, you know, where they can't contain themselves or something, you're just kind of like, hell yeah, dude. Like it's like, you know, do your thing. You know, that's just don't get about, my- man. And my thing is, like, don't get in my fucking way, you know? Don't, like, you know, don't, don't get on stage and fuck with my shit or don't, you know, like, hit the mic stand or, or you know, anything of that shit where that kind of throwing me off kind of thing is. But, you know, yeah, I've definitely been playing a show or two where you're kind of, like, locked in your shit and you're, like, soloing or whatnot and you look up for a second and someone's going crazy and you're, like, fuck yeah. And you're, like, two <laughs> seconds of that. Two seconds of that being, like, oh, yeah, I got to get back to this thing. And then, like, so, yeah, it's, like, knocked me off before in a way where kind of like what you're hoping for where you're like all right shit like if that guy's going there then i'm gonna go here and then like for like you know i'll give that mentality like a solid like 30 seconds in my head where i'm like let's go there let's go there let's go there and then it's like all right i gotta get back to my shit kind of thing <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like a mental i mean this per whoever the person is doesn't even know what's happening you know what i mean but it's like a mental game of like chess or tennis or something where i'm like feeding off that and it's like all right now i'm done i'm done playing and i get now i'm back to my shit you know I love it because, um, well, for so many reasons, because I think, I do think that, that for a lot of people, you, when you have that sort of eviscerated mind where you're out and you're not in your, not in your thinking mind, I think for some musicians, that is terrifying. Clearly it was, oh, yeah, for you know, sure. and, and, and I got to tell you, I'm like, man, you know. I don't care. I mean, you know, solo Madden, I'm not going to be freaking out. Come on. You know, but like, <laughs> you know, like, dude, they're playing Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I'll send you, I'll, 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 I'll send you a couple of clips. Uh, yeah, they yeah. Were, it was just a matter of like losing control as a band. Do you feel like 
Um, well, you know, I'm, I have this great quote. I'm going to have to find it here. But how good or how much are you guys? And I kind of know the answer already, but I just wanted you to talk about like losing control, going over the edge and getting off on that as opposed to being like, oh, shit, I hit a clam or, oh, I made a mistake. I cannot stand I cannot stand people or musicians that are just trying to go through some perfection trip. I, I don't get sure. off on that. I don't want to see it. And more and more. We're getting to a point in this conformist time where it seems to me like people are willing to pay big money to see formula trips or hear stuff they already uh -huh. know, as opposed to burning spiritual original music. Yeah, I think there's like, you know, there's like a, it's a double edged story. Like, I, I don't mind going just to a fucking, you know, a show of someone that's big and you, you know, you're like, I'm going to see what I'm going to see, you know, like. And and that's fine, you know. Like I'll go to. I've been to a few like bigger shows recently where you're like, you know, it's it's pretty formulaic. We're like, I love these songs, and it is what it is. And like, I'm not expecting anything more than that. Totally, totally. Um, as far as like ours is, it's like there's moments. I think we all might have with the, where there's thing. I don't think we've ever played the same. We maybe played the same songs, but I don't think we've ever played the same set ever. You know, like I, I rarely play the same guitar. Like there's there's structured things that have very similar things but i kind of get bored of stuff really quickly like lead wise and solos where like i kind of need it to be um fresh fresh different yeah. and fresh yeah like every night and i'm sure and i know that everyone else can has their things too um i think our mentality usually you know if it's like a verse thing where it's like if you biff that thing you're like fuck like, because that's like the structure of the song. You know? Right. Like, that, that, that'll piss me off. And I'm like, God damn it, I fucked that up. Um, but if it's like solo or, or or if we're in that moment you're kind of referring to where it's just like, you know, we're in space, essentially. It's like, I kind of always have the uh, mentality of like Miles or like Picasso or these guys where it's like, if you hit a fucked note, you better like lean in, make that note the right note. If you don't, Corey Madden is starting to cook like, right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. You just, you just lean into that like thing where you're like, that thing sounds so gnarly, but it's like, but I want it to sound gnarly, and it's gonna sound even gnarlier in two seconds. <laughs> like, um, well, no, it was great. Is kinda... it, it was what's great is <clears throat> it's it's the old, it's that methodology coming out of that Miles school, even no matter what music is. If somebody hits a, the wrong, you know, if somebody hits a clam, just put a cord. Everyone needs to put a cord on it. Just put a cord on it. You know, cover yeah. it. You know, I mean, just go there. Everybody needs mm -hmm. to go there together. And and that's the kind of the magic within the in the live context. Uh, but I want to read this to you because this is relates to the studio. And uh, again, this is from David Spinoza. Great great session guitar player that sounds really and, familiar. and producer <laughs> read you the story and i just want you to think about it as it relates to the fact that we are inundated with so much technology to fix everything today so just think about that as i mm. read you this sure he said um i only played the guitar solo on the song right place wrong time dr john the meters were mm. in the rhythm section on that album i've done a lot of sessions with dr john I never knew him as that. I always knew him as Mac. I was at Atlantic Records one day coming out of a session. I was waiting for the elevator and Dr. John and Arif Mardine come out of the mix room. 
they were already mixing that record, and apparently they forgot to put a solo on that song. If I'm not mistaken, it was going to be a sax solo. They said, Spinoza, you got a minute? Could you come in and throw a solo on this song? I was on my way to a jingle date. I was mostly doing commercials, and even the recording scene was changing. I said, I got 20 minutes. They said, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. Come on. I got into this little mix room, and there was a little Fender amp in there. I plugged it in, and they threw a mic on it. They teed it up right to where the solo was. I never heard the whole song. They said, it's in the key of E flat. Play something bluesy. I took my guitar out, and I remember my G string was out of tune. I put the headphones on and played the solo. To this day, it's hard for me to listen to that solo because one of the notes I overbent to some note I wasn't trying to bend it to because I thought the string was out of tune. So I tuned up and said, okay, let me try one more. They said, no, that's it. It's magic. You're done. I remember leaving the studio kind of dejected because I thought I could have played something better than that. Cut to New York City two or three months later. I'm in a yellow cab. I got three guitars hanging off of me. That song comes on the radio, but I don't recognize it because I never heard it. It gets to the solo, and the cab driver turns around and said, you'll appreciate this. You're a guitar player. This is my new favorite guitar solo. And he turns it up. <laughs> I recognize that it's me, and in a knee-jerk reaction, say, oh, that's me. He goes, yeah, right, buddy. And he turns it off because he thinks I'm full of shit. Anyway, it's a great <laughs> fucking story about the studio scene back in, I don't know, 1974. Um, <clears throat> how pre I mean, how have you had situations on any recording dates, especially when you're the leader where, yeah, um, you thought maybe originally it was a clam, but it was left in and it was, it turned out to, it's a magical part of the song. I mean, he's not the only one where that's happened to, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. I like, uh, there's so many times I'm like, that one's fucking sucked. And I look back and whoever's in the room is like, what the fuck are you talking about? But like, that's the one. And I'm like, no, let me do another one. Let me do another one. And it's kind of like <laughs> the men mentality of like something like Jesse Ed Davis's solo on mm, uh, mm. what's that fucking uh, Jackson Brown song? Uh, I can't think of the song, but it's it's a it's like first take, and it's like uh, when you know that it's a first take, you're like that's so sick because it's to me it sounds like a first take, but it's like the bigger the bigger mentality of, of someone else being like, oh, that's the thing though. And but like you might be to your little, uh, I've been too close to it where I'm like, no, 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 I could do this, I could do that. Where someone else is like, dude, you already got it. So, so many times I've been like, let's do fucking five more. And then like we sit down and then like, let me play the one that we all liked you did fucking an hour ago. And then we're like, all right, fuck, that's the one. It's like, <laughs> that always happens. Like yeah. yeah. It always ends up being, not always, but I've done that so many times where I'm just like, just, you know, grilling myself like, microscope just fucking destroy my like mentality and ego while, while everyone else is like dude you already got it i don't know what we're doing here like i'm gonna let you you know have fun and and like torture yourself like, <laughs> like, torture. like it's fucking like it's a sadist quality of mine um mm. but I, I, you're you not know. the only one though i mean there's a lot of well, I know. you know they're like oh that's the one and, and out of seven people they're the only one that thinks that's the best one and the best one was the first day that they hated yeah so I'll but, also I mean, kind of do yeah. a thing that's cool where it's like dude because i'll just rip through like you know whatever it is like let's just try five random ones and then you'll sit down and with whoever's sitting there and I, my my thing is kind of like okay 
the first half of take two, the second half of take five, and that middle part of take three is cool. Listen to it like five times and then go into go back and have all of that in mind and then but do it new. You know what I mean? Where it's like interesting. Uh, that's kind of how what I feel like I end up always feeling is the coolest where it's like grabbing like little parts of each take and then going in with all of those in mind and placing them in their places in my head and then but doing it all as one take ideally and then also with some other sprinkles of like different shit here or there and then sitting down and being like fuck hell yeah like it's got all the all the sweet spots from other other stuff and then some new stuff in it well speaking of Miles Davis spirit reigns supreme today, but you know, him and Teal Macero back in the day, I mean, all they were doing in those early seventies bitches brew, they would be saying, okay, let's put this and splice this. Have you ever done anything where instead of keeping it all in your, in your brain and then trying to get those influences out in in one take, have you spliced stuff together on, on tracks? Uh, Definitely. Would, would, tell me, certain, tell me, tell me one track so I can go. Li- I mean, I would love to know oh, about. I, I couldn't even. I could not. I couldn't tell you off the top of my fucking head. No way. Um, but I know for sure I have. You know, there's there's certain things you do randomly. You know, it could be two in the morning after a ten hour day when you've just been drinking coffee and whiskey for ten hours. Where you're <laughs> and you've been in a studio fried like the studio, the studio air fried level is is on its own. It's like a feeling that it's pretty hard to uh yeah replicate it's just like a, your brain is is somewhere else you know and uh there's times when you're like well, how the fuck did i you're listening back and everyone's like this one thing is so sick and you're like i have no idea how i did that so things like that you're like well we have to keep that so you're like dancing around <laughs> those things and shit like that but i've definitely like hidden like a first half of a thing where you're like, I absolutely love that, but I hate the second half. And it's like, well, we don't need to fucking, you don't need to nail it all in one take. You know, it's like, it's it's obviously at the end of the day, it's way cooler and it feels more, uh, you feel like you accomplished something when you could just go in and bang it all out as one fresh take, you know, but there's times when you're just like, I don't feel like fucking doing it, you know? And then you like, you learn it and then you know it, you know it when you hear it, but like doing it, Splice stuff can be like you could shave off like hours of a of a you know of a studio time being like okay let's just do this and this and like it'll be fine. Do you feel like you guys uh, have come up with? Because um, <clears throat> I do think musicians, and I don't care if it was David Crosby or, um, you know, I don't want to say Dwayne Allman, but or Jerry, but you know, sometimes the, the musicians are not the best. Uh, readers of when they kill the solo, you know, like you've been talking about when they rip a solo and they're like, I can do it again. I can do it better. So do you have, have you found this perfect triangulation of, um, of, uh, especially when you're recording of uh, having a producer and an engineer that can come with the same kind of energy that color brings to the music itself? interesting uh well the last you know what we kind of always especially with green with leads and stuff and all that shit noah and i will definitely like lean on each other as like the like well we sit next to each other like in the control room or whatever and being like 
yeah, dude, that one's okay, but you got a better one. That one's that one sucked. You know, you could do and like between most musicians, I feel like when you're working on stuff and when you have like someone else who's also doing it with you, it's like before you finish, you're looking up and you're like, I don't, I don't even look like I already know. Like, so you're like, I know it's that's not the one, but um, so Noah and I really like lean on each other as like this part rock, this part rock, redo this, blah blah blah, and then. I guess yeah. I mean, the the Mike Kreeble who who just um did our our newest record that we just finished, and he did uh two singles for High and Low and So Far Behind with us, who I've known since I was like sixteen. We kind of have like a we definitely I definitely and he's like got an ear for fucking like you know he's Brian Wilson obsessed and Palmaco like he has a engineer he plays music but he's an insane engineer sure he's like sure. A, he's a wizard. So I, I'll, I'll, of course, you know, like he's someone who I was kind of referring to earlier where I'll do five solos. And he's like, dude, the first one. Was, I was yeah. going to say, I was, I was you like, know, like, you know, like, who is that? You have at least have that cat in your existence. Yeah. I, yeah. I trust in Mike's opinion. quite, And even if, you know, I'm like, he thinks it's it for sure. I'm still on the fence. Like I'll take his opinion 1000%. Like I lean on it. And then I'll also go through my own thing. And same with Johnny, Johnny Cosmo, who, did the first record with us who plays on keys on a bunch of stuff with us he's like a he's he's like a, a mystical amazing person who's just like the king of the energy can you so talk about that cat by the way i'd love i i saw his name come up and i, I would love you to talk about johnny Cosby. oh he he is uh <laughs> he, he is you guys would get along really yeah well. we're gonna have, have to catch like, a hang at some point <laughs> He's just like a spiritual energy that is just that his and his his music is is really amazing in its own right. He's a great songwriter, as well as his wife Gracie, who who sings on some uh some of our stuff too. Who uh, I'm actually going to see tonight play, but um he he's just kind of like he'll he you know if you hit the solo that you're like oh, maybe he's like in the control of me like fuck yeah man that's the fucking shit hell yeah <laughs> like that kind of vibe like. We were like, all right, Johnny's losing his mind in there. So, like, let's go. This is it. You know? It must be we good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, going back to the original part about go- getting to that space of, of sort of, I don't want to say bliss, because I know you guys do this. You play music to get to, because you do it to fucking live, and you don't, you're not trying to reach some place of bliss. But the idea of getting out of your thinking mind and in the spirit mind, just with the way things are, and I'm like, I saw you on like a, you're, you guys are having a bill up in, I want to say Mississippi studios in Portland at the end of July. Mm-hmm. And there's like yeah, three cats on the bill. You're not headlining it, but even so it's like these truncated sets for a band like yours. How do you, de- I mean, and I'm being serious. How do you deal when you guys are just getting horny 50 minutes in and then the <laughs> set's over? I mean, I you know, I mean, the Almonds, yeah. the Almonds had three hours. The yeah. Dead had two and a half, two hours to, you know, first set, fuck around. You guys are on. I just feel like the time crunch mm-hmm. and everything. I don't care if it's renting studio time. Before it was like, you know, go. You can have the studio all night in New York, and you can just record all night. There was no fee. Everything is quantified. Everything is crunched with time. And I just wanted to know, for somebody who really craves authentic music, how have you learned 
Because you said you always got you guys always get there one way or the other, but it's really fucking hard in a forty five minute set. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of this band is like what the stuff I grew up being involved in or just being around, like more of like underground, like or like punks. I'm so used to fucking <laughs> if your set is more than like fifteen minutes, like you're a fucking asshole kind of vibe. <laughs> Like I'm just like Dude, that is that's just sick. the mentality. Oh man. It's like from the back of my head is all it's not really since this band and kind of getting into the world the green is is where I finally have been like, Oh dude, we can play for a half hour without feeling like why are we still on stage? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. we can do forty five. And then now sometimes I'm like, We only have forty five to do it, you know. I love it. Is, I love it's it. Pretty new for me relatively in the past few years where I've been like, Oh man, like we can we we can we can really play for a long time if we wanted to, but um, so I'm just like always from them. Also, you know, this reality of things now is like, it, it, unless you're like a a built-in name where people are coming to see you, and there's a lot of people there, and you can sell all this, that, and a third. Like, I don't think a lot of people even have the the uh, mental capacity. But you're 100 right. You're 100 right. See you for more than 45, maybe an hour. You know. If if you're if you're a band that no one's really heard of, I can only imagine that they're like this band's still playing. Oh no, I mean <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean unless you're Jake Feinberg and and I mean the music has to be <laughs> the music has to be my 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 bag obviously, but um you know it's this whole thing about what is no, what is known or oh that we know what we're getting as opposed to the unpredictability sure. of I think it's a blessing in in the sense that you came up with that sort of if you're playing more than 15 minutes, what are you doing here? And you've sort of grown into this thing where uh, I just know, to me, it would be, um, you know, it would be nice to get to a point. I don't know how I'm not a, 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 I'm certainly, you know, not a bean counter by any means, but it just would get to a point where, you know, people would be able to really be able to stretch out. I mean, did you, when you guys, well, yeah, go ahead. It's kind of sick. We're, we're kind of, it feels like, you know, man, they've only put a few shows this year, but it certainly feels like to me, we're finally at the place where we, I mean, it. it's easy to do. Our set, when we do put together a set now, it is, is normally 40 to 45. And that's just like what we can easily throw down. So the, this is finally like, wow a place i feel like with with we can we could play for extru like easy an hour now and we know that i i know that now like in my head that i can comfortably get there which is is cool for me so i i think down the road maybe in the next year we'll have a little bit more room to stretch out hopefully and start getting into those kind of longer zones and then choosing our pockets you know like you were saying where you're like you feel crunched we kind of We'll we'll find a way where it's not that like a few tours ago we were op- doing an opening slot and I think like realistically our set was like five songs but the set time was maybe forty five so it's like we'll do a thing where we would play two songs and then we'll jam for like four minutes play a song and then interweave like we have our like what you were saying where you feel crunch we have our ways to spread out so to speak if i, we I need dig to. i dig 
like yeah. we'll we'll take we'll take a jam section or we'll like we've done it before where we've like at a sound check someone will write something and then in the van we'll be talking about it and then the next night we'll just do it we'll be like oh this will work in the end of this song this we can jam this we do a lot of like jamming into another song kind of vibe and like that's when you kind of like lose the idea of like all right song one song two song three you know what i mean you, like you you yourself you said you've gotten more comfortable like getting to a point where oh i 45 50 minutes no problem is that yeah. just is that just like not that you're wanking it up there but is that just like additional language that you've learned on the guitar or is it more about strategizing about how to 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 get get off during a set whether it's jamming through tunes how have you gotten yeah. more comfortable I think it's a mix of both and it's just especially in this band like we have at this point now we have like a we have enough of a catalog where we can really sift through stuff and really be like all right we can do this and then we can do that like we have enough now where I can feel totally comfortable where it's like we can cut stuff out and jam more or we can just play a bunch more songs or and I think a lot of it also comes in with you know feeling crowd reaction or if we finish and people are kind of like they want to hear more than like that's kind of a sign after a while you keep hearing that you're like all right we can people still are interested past the end of the set kind of bud sure i think that kind of leans into it like it just kind of always goes back to what i was saying earlier where i'm always like we have to get off like not anymore is what i'm saying but I, it used to be so much where like we gotta get off stage we gotta get off stage like <laughs> get over like get off stage it's like yeah. an anxiety thing where no i dig i dig you're like just get me out of here out. yeah yeah, and, that, and now yeah. it's like, wow, well, let's, uh, you know, it feels comfortable up here. You know, totally. um, Corey Madden, I just, you know, it's, uh, I feel like my goal of my show and my purpose in life is to create content that is going to um, inspire people and connect people in the digital age using technology. Um, and, and a lot of my show has been predicated on love and i wanted to ask you about your concept of love and how you give love to the world that's a heavy one welcome uh, to the jake Vine <laughs> welcome to the jake Feinberg show bro <laughs> i don't even you know i mean we can pick it up in set two if you want you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man it's just kind of like you know we're all on this fucking moving thing <laughs> we're all in this moving thing together. It's fucked, realistically. Everything's insane. Yeah. There's never, a, there's never a day something fucking insane isn't happening somewhere in this world. Um. So it's just kind of like treat everyone, especially the people that are close to you. You know, it, it's a weird time where you, you know, not even at this time is specifically any different than ever. But like, it's really gnarly to be around a lot of death and like you know you telling your friends and people that are around you and people who helped out in life and all that that you'll care about them and you love them and you know i think the love thing for me now has been such a gnarly few years where it's like you might fucking not get to talk to so and so tomorrow yeah, that's, that's right kind of like, that's right man um which i'm still guilty of it you know but it's i try to keep that mentality as much as i can when you say bye to someone after a night or somewhere if you leave a town and a friend you're in you're like i might not see you for another year or something like that it's just kind of like dude like i love you you matter 
and I hope you're fucking well. And then I'll see you. Then. I'll I see think you when it's I really see important. You. I think it's really important. Uh, you don't ever take anything for granted, and you try to be as open-hearted as possible. It's very hard. I mean, I fail consistently, whether it's with my kids or my peers or whatever it is. Like, I don't. I'm not always, you know, sort of in that. Um, I'm forgetting the word right now, but you know, just I can't always be there. But I just feel like, you know. In this time, almost more than ever before, I just feel that um, musicians who are coming at it with uh, originality and fearlessness, I think are you're as important as medical doctors or anybody else right now as as healers. And so, you know, it's discouraging to a degree just because the bars are broke. Uh, the domestic touring circuit is a little bit of Swiss cheese if you're not fucking Journey or Steve Miller or one of these fucking bands that are playing the same old thing so it's easy to get discouraged and or just sort of lost but through that all you recognize you go back to the source point and you realize what your purpose is here on the planet and you try to be as good a human being as possible on top of be of, of sh- melting people's faces on sure. stage you know yeah dude what, what when I mean, music uh, is the universal yeah. language my guy <laughs> oh my god it is thank fucking god the universal yeah. language i was gonna say when i i asked this to noah but i i i, I when are we gonna get when are we gonna get the green back to back to arizona dude we can cook eggs think... on the we could cook eggs on the blacktop right now you know <laughs> what, what did noah say well i apparently you guys were up in flag a while ago i missed that that's kind of a flag yeah, yeah we it, was a, it was a kind of a i mean that's a four-hour trip i just need need to get you guys down to the old pueblo you know down to the tucson here we were One, in Tucson not too long oh, at this point. Shit, it's been a year almost. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say one night. Go ahead. We played one ninety one tool, and then we also played um, man, what is this crazy this bar? Um, re- more recently, it's a we played outside. We started the tour there, I think. What was the Club it's Congress? Outside. Maybe Club Congress. I, I don't know. It's a really small bar. They have pool tables on the inside. It's like a rock, but a gravel backyard with like a real like a. Really tiny little stage outside. I couldn't wow. tell you. The name wow, wow. I'm gonna have to look that. No, I mean, because that 191 tool is a perfect venue for you guys. I'm trying to figure out yeah. where where you guys were playing. So, I mean, it's not. I can't think of even a bar, but it was sick. Honestly, more to what you were saying, which is actually full circle over there. Arizona. I was, I think that was. It was like a year. It was last summer for sure. But we started the tour there, and it was fucking. It was gnarly heat. <laughs> the, first, the first three days of that tour were. Fucking hell. It was like Tucson, San Antonio, maybe Marfa, and somewhere else in Texas. And they were all three shows were outside of the first three oh. shows. And then like at nine PM it was still like hundred degrees every night. And it was so fucking gnarly. But that night one was that I can't think of the name of that bar. But it was there. And uh, you know, it's so hot and like it was a free show too, I think. And, uh, you know, we just started, like, night one, you know, so it's we're outside, too. You're just kind of, like, getting your shit, you know, dusting off all the rust or whatever, getting tired sure. on stage. And that was the vibe, you know, for a minute. And we're like, all right, yeah, you know, song one, song two, we're getting there. And I'm like, I kind of stopped paying attention for a minute and looked up. Next time I looked up, like, everyone who was there was just kind of, like, getting down. I was like, fuck, yeah. So it's actually, like, kind of full circle for what you were saying with, like, the crowd shit where, where it was like there was there was I don't know, there was probably like fifty people there. It was outside, and then it was like every person I looked was looking at was just like really getting like getting into it. And I was like this fuck, and it was so hot too. But I was like, 
this fucking rocks. And then that immediately, like, it's funny that what you said earlier, that immediately I was like, all right, everyone's, everyone else here is having a fucking ball. So, like, let's step it up. And I remember, <laughs> like, I remember the rest of the set, my vibe level just, like, jumped to the roof. I was like, let's go. That's you know, like, it, man. That's free. No, you know, that's classic. I mean, and again, you know, you, you're down here 20 years your brain starts to boil, you know, and then all of a sudden yeah. you, get, you get some ideas there. Um, but, you know, really, man, I, I I am so humbled to have gotten hip to you guys. And um, I will never miss another regional color green show again. And I hope I think we'll be in Arizona fairly in the next few months. Maybe maybe in the fall. I'm sort of flashing yes. on Noah saying the fall. But anyway, I believe the end of the end of September, I believe. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a ball, man. I mean, it's still oh, gonna yeah. be a hundred degrees down here, but I mean, we'll just we'll cook eggs on the blacktop and smoke some <laughs> joints and fucking rock out, man. I cannot wait, <laughs> can't wait to meet you in person, man. Right on, dude. And uh, continued success, and uh, really an honor to talk to you, man. We just burned through an Thanks, hour. Man. Yeah, man. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, great conversation, man. Hey, man, we'll do it again in person. What's what's a what's a record? I'm I'm I'm. Look at the records right now and being like, I don't want to listen to any of this. What's a, what's a record to throw on right now? Mm, let me think. Let's got your let's got your goat right now. Give me a oh boy, that's a fucking great question. Uh you know, I gotta be honest, uh Richard Groove Holmes live from the lighthouse. Hermosa oh, Beach. Oh lighthouse and oh yeah, man. Have you listened to that Lee Morgan record there? Dude. Mickey Roker, another dear brother. I mean, yeah, you should start diving into my my archives, dude. I think you'd be okay, blown. Oh yeah. yeah, I'll send you some stuff to to check out. But um, yeah, that Lee Mo- no, you know the story behind that 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 session. Huh? Oh, the, you know he uh, <clears throat> he was there. Lee was there, and the night before, he wound up probably hitting on some dude's wife, and the guy knocked, smashed him in the face, and broke his teeth. So he played that show Fuck. with wires th- on his teeth to keep them together. He was bleeding the whole night. I mean, and that holy shit, dude, that takes on a whole oh, new. Si- and oh like, my god! Yeah, dude, Benny Malpin, Mickey Roker, that freaking wow. that. Yeah, so I would just go Lighthouse wow. Live, is... you know, Grant Green Lighthouse or Groove uh, Holmes Lighthouse. Got all them. Yeah, gl- fucking... fucking Lee Morgan's Lighthouse is probably my like top. Yo, three man, jazz jazz records for sure. Yo, man, honestly, that's, that's one of my favorite. It's so angular and wicked and nasty. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, just he's just know he was bleed. He was ble- that, You know that, that that's the jazz life, dude. You get your teeth broken, you got to oh, still play yeah. play the gig, man. All, all those fuckers who need their teeth always end up getting their teeth fucking snatched <laughs> out or something. Seriously, we're losing it. <laughs> all right, Corey Madden, man, much love all to right, you, man. brother. We'll be in touch. Likewise. All right, man. Peace, man.